Hi friends, my name is Kelly Rowland and this is my podcast, Brazen and Brave. So since I was a teenager, I have prayed to God that I would live a life that isn't limited by my own beliefs and that I would really go after and be brave and live the life that God has called me to live. And that's really what this podcast is about. And every single episode, we are going to dig into the word. We're going to have real conversations and be honest, real humans to talk about how can we live a life that is brave? How can we live a life that is bold and courageous? And how can we take steps and take action and be unafraid about what the world has to say about it? Friends, I hope you're excited as I am. So let's dig into this episode of Brazen and Brave. friends, welcome to this episode of Brazen and Brave Podcast. I hope all of you are doing wonderful and fantastic and enjoying hopefully cooler weather wherever you are. I am wearing boots today, so I'm super excited to break those out. Um, even though I'm a Florida girl, I swear I'm like a snow person. I probably wouldn't survive a week, but still, a girl can dream. Okay, so today on the podcast, I... Really, I'm excited because I think that no matter who is listening, no matter who you are, that you are going to be able to insert yourself into a place of where you are and what I'm talking about today. So what I mean is this podcast is really, I think, for anyone listening, and we're going to talk about scripture and we're going to talk about what do you do about the man named Jesus? So... A while back, it's been maybe just a month or so, we had some guest speakers at church, and at the very end of the sermon, he posed this question. He said, okay, so what are you going to do about the man named Jesus? And I thought, what a great question, you know, because I love those kind of questions that make you think about, you have to answer, like, what are you going to do about it? And I thought that was just such a thought-probing question, because truly, no matter who you are, you got to do something to process to process it, right? Um, and so I loved it when I heard it, and I thought, man, that is something I really want to talk about because what a great question. And so as I was going through, y'all know, New Testament stuff that I've been going through, I came across the really perfect scripture, not just one, it's kind of long, so you have to bear with me, but um, part in scripture where it really sets it up it kind of does, like, it really just encompasses, okay, so what are you going to do? And so what I want to talk about is a parable. Um, So for those of you that don't know, Jesus spoke in parables often because it was easier for people to understand, and it allows us to put maybe something more spiritual to something more relatable or something that we've experienced and have, like, an aha moment. And Jesus thought, okay, you're not going to understand the ways of the spirit if you don't understand this parable first. So it's kind of a first step, like understand this, and then we'll get to the really juicy stuff. So basically he starts with a parable 
Um, I'm going to read parts of it, not the whole thing. So in Mark 4, this is the parable of the sower. So, and that's like farming, right? Um, here's the parable. Listen, and this is Mark 4, 3. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And he, go on, he goes on to talk about um, kind of why he does parables and the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you kind of through the parables. And what I love about this scripture is that right after this, he actually breaks down the parable in terms of the spirit and in terms of the kingdom of God. And I really, really love that because he doesn't like leave it up to, okay, let's figure this parable out like a puzzle. It's no, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm, what I'm saying. And so he goes on to say, then Jesus said to them, don't you understand this parable? And so here we go. And now we're going to, we're going to flip the word sowing seed to sowing the word. And that's the word of God. Okay. So now we're in Mark. We're still in Mark. Oh, now we're in Mark 4. Or still Mark 4, verse 14. Verse 15. Some people, verse 14, the farmer sows the word. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like the seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall apart, fall away. Still others, like seed sown among thorns, hear the words, but... The worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Okay. I'm obsessed with this so much. I was reading it again before the podcast. I was like, man, I love this so much because Jesus makes it so very simple and so very easy to understand. And like I said, I think no matter who you are, at least if you, you know, you care about Jesus at all and you believe him to be real. How about that? If you, if you know, you've heard of Jesus and you do believe in him, then this certainly applies to you. And I definitely think we can all take a look at this and figure out, of the five different areas that he explained, where do we fall in this? And so I want to talk about each one of them just a little bit in context of today to figure out where are you 
And where do you want to be, right? Like, where do you want to be in this? And let's talk about how maybe we can graduate from where we are to where we want to be so that we can sow, we can sow the word and produce a crop, right? Okay, so let's start at the very first one. So this one says, some people are like seed thrown along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So this one, nothing happens with a seed, right? It doesn't sprout. It doesn't produce anything. It's, it's, it's there. So you hear the word. Maybe you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you've even been to church, but you really didn't listen or you didn't receive anything because there was something in you blocking the possibility of what Jesus can do and could do in your life. And, you know, I think that's that's normal. And I think that happens a lot where people know about God. It's not like they don't believe. It's not something new. But truly, they've never encountered the Spirit and never been in a situation where they even know what that would be like and that would seem like and that would feel like. And there's a lot of different reasons for that. Maybe you've been hurt by someone in the church. Maybe you're scared. Maybe it seems overwhelming. And when you hear it, maybe you are at church and you hear it or you have a friend you see on Instagram posting Bible verses or maybe you even get out and read the Bible, but it's just not hitting. It just goes right away, right? There's nothing there holding it to you and anything that could produce from the word. And so... I guess for here, I, what I would say, if, if you're in that place, but you don't want to be in that place and you're interested and you're curious and you want to know what it would be like for to hear the word or go to church and feel something different and receive something different and begin that relationship with Jesus, I would say if you have a friend, maybe that's a Christian, reach out to them, like ask just to have a conversation, ask to have coffee, you know, you can always reach out to I mean, even like on Caleb, as an example, the radio station, they have pastors that are free to talk to you. You can go online and just look up different churches. That's what we did. We went, changed the church we were going to and went to a couple different ones and found one that we really love that we really connected with. So if you don't want to be like that, if you're ready for it to go to something different, just take a next step, right? And just have a conversation with someone because I can guarantee you that they would be more than happy just to chat um, to see where you're at. So that's the first one. The second, others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word and at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes of the word, they quickly fall away. And so here... You do produce something, right? You you hear it with you hear it and you love it and you're happy and you're excited and you receive it with joy. But it doesn't have any root. It doesn't have any substance. And I think here that's probably, you know, a lot of the time someone who there's a lot in the Bible that truly is good news, obviously, right? Um there's a lot of beautiful things that are said that I think can make religion sound enticing. And at first glance, it may seem like it's a fix-all situation where it just solves all things. And just because you hear it and it sounds great and maybe you even believe it, that everything's just going to be fine and dandy. And 
we know that's not the case. And so what happens is as soon as something negative happened or you face persecution or you face some problems that it's, it's so, it's so fragile, right? That what you've heard is, is based on how religion, what, what will religion do for you? What will Christianity do for you? What will hearing the word do for you? And a lot of the times we think it's just going to solve all our problems. And so when it doesn't necessarily, or when we hit something troubling, the word, it falls away because we blame, we blame Christianity on it saying, but I thought this was going to happen. And so if you're in a situation where you find yourself like that, maybe you've had a yo-yo, right? The yo-yo Christianity thing where you're in it and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to believe and I'm going to have a relationship. But then something hard happens and then you just throw it to the wayside. Um, Maybe you've gotten a divorce or maybe your kids have gotten sick. Um, You know, when the boys were in the NICU, like, man, we were angry at God. We didn't turn away from him, but certainly a lot came up, right, that we had to deal with. Um, And it could have been maybe a time where we said, you know what? God's given up on us. Like he doesn't love us and we're going to let, we're just going to let our seed go. Forget this. This doesn't help me. I'm still going through hard stuff. We could have thought that. And let me tell you, we were upset. We were angry. We were hurt. But instead I, I told God I was angry and I decided I, there's, I know God loves me. I know he's going to pull me through this and I'm going to put my faith and trust in him, but it wasn't easy. So if you find yourself in this yo-yo or maybe Christianity does sound enticing or the word sounds good because it makes you feel good. Like I'm glad it makes you feel good. It should, it definitely should, but there's so much more substance to it and there's so much more understanding. And, you know, just like when I talked about Sermon on the Mount, this kind of falls into that. I'm glad, I'm glad Jesus says that, Hey, I know you're going to be brokenhearted. I know you're going to be hungry and I know you're going to be this, 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 because that just tells you right there that you're going to face trouble. And so the moment you face trouble, I don't want it to be your excuse to run from God. So if you find yourself in that kind of situation, you know, I think you can do the same things I talked about earlier. I think you can really dig deep into the word to understand what the word says, I definitely recommend diving into prayer and prayer doesn't have to be complicated. It's just like, Hey God, this is what's on my mind. This is what I'm feeling. I need you. I need you. And I'm, I'm brokenhearted and I don't know what to do right now. And I don't, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to act this way. And It can be, it's just like talking to a friend, truly, truly, truly. And so if you find yourself in that yo-yo, that rut, that going through the things like, please, please know, and please don't use troubling times as an excuse to let the word go, because that's when we need God the most. And he wants to lift us up and hold us. Okay. So the next one, and I said four earlier, but I think there's five different situations explained here. Okay. So the next one says, still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word, making it unfruitful. So this is something that it's falling on good soil, right? Maybe you have a good foundation. Maybe you haven't been through the yo-yo. Maybe you have a deep belief in God and Jesus as your Savior. And... You know, I think this is where a lot of us fall into more than any place. 
right? Because we, we trust God deeply. We love God deeply and we just deeply desire his desires for our life. But let me tell you, this world is full of distractions. This world is full of lies. This world is full of telling you, no, you just got to own this to be happy. Oh, you just got to get that new house mm, and then you'll be happy. A little bit more square footage, that'll do it. Oh, a little bit nicer car and then you'll have it. Oh, your marriage, shoot, it's got to look perfect like everyone else's. And the list goes on and on and on. Or maybe, as the verse says, you are riddled with worry. And <laughs> it is so not hard to be worried these days. When you think about inflation, if you turn on the TV, you name it. You probably got Nancy, Susan texting you about every bad thing that's ever happened in the world. Um, it is easy to fall into this category. And I am guilty, 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 guilty. But that, all these things are the devil. It is lies and it is a distraction. It is meant to serve as a distraction for us to focus on the things of this world, focus on the things of the flesh and not focus on things of the spirit where we will try and find true rest, true peace, and true sustenance and true provision. And you know, that's what it says. Just to flip to Sermon on the Mount real quick. Um, is it says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Filled. And when I wrote beside it, I said, desiring the wrong things will never leave us satisfied. You will never be satisfied if you were not desiring the things of God. You will always be hungry and thirsty for something. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how many boxes you've checked of worldly things that we're supposed to have. I don't care if you got the best body in the world. Truly, there's always going to be something lingering in you. Because blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And so we go back here to this verse to say, you're not going to make produce good fruit if you're desiring the things of the world because they're going to choke the things of the word and so to this honestly in the world we live in especially with social media all the distractions <coughs> excuse me for me personally this takes a lot of effort and that's what I want to tell you if you find yourself in this place I think the best thing that we can do is focus on the word. Because we're talking about sowing the word. And in order to do that, we have to be in the word. And at least for me, I've got to be in this Bible. I've got to be in this word. I've got to be listening to Christian music. I've got to be surrounding myself by good people. I've got to be going to church. And that's another thing I want to say, the thorns, sowing among thorns. It doesn't talk about this directly, but I also look at thorns as... You, if you are good, and I'm not trying to talk like there's bad, like, but if you have good intentions and you are doing your very best and you, you want to follow what God's called you to do, right? You want to do what the word says, but you are among thorns. You're among people who don't align with that. I'm not saying like 
rid them of your life completely or be ugly or be mean because I don't think that's what Jesus would want. But I'm also saying that if you're just surrounded by a bunch of thorns, people that aren't supporting you, loving you, helping you live the life that you want in alignment with what God wants, you're not going to produce good fruit. You're not. And so making sure that we're around people that love and support us, good people, that we are around an environment to help us produce good fruit. Absolutely, it's about us and what's inside ourselves and what we do, but it's also the surrounding the surrounding soil. So remove those thorns where you can. And I think that's important, right? So if you're wanting to move past this to the final stage that's talked about in this parable, you've got to remove the thorns so that you can hear the word, so that you can receive it, so that you can sow. And so just take a minute, like sit down and think, what are my thorns? What are my thorns? For me, this would be I definitely social media because I get it gets toxic where I start to think, man, I'm never going to be, I'm never going to be good enough. Like, not like personally, but it's like to accomplish the things I want. I think I'm so far behind. I'm never going to be at this level. I just need to quit and give up. But that's not, God doesn't want me to quit and give up because it's what he's put in my heart, right? So that is just one thing. Um, it's an example of something toxic. It's a thorn. It's a distraction. I'll be super candid right now. I, at one point in my life, was drinking just for the heck of it. Like, just because it was a Tuesday. Not that I was drinking a ton every day, but it just got to the point where I felt like I was falling into this habit and I was depending on it to eat for joy for to ease anxiety and I had to be like you know what I don't want that because it was a thorn in my life and I didn't want it I wanted that thorn gone doesn't mean I'm never gonna have a drink again it just means I recognize that the amount it was getting to wasn't someone that I wanted to be and so just take a look at those thorns and understand is it anxiety that's crippling you go to God go to the word is it is it worried to keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like that's not that's not what brings us fulfillment. And so identify your thorns, take intentional focus on those and make sure you're spending your time around good people and you're spending time in this book. It will change your life. All right, so last and not least, the last category. Others like seed sown on good soil Hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So I think ultimately this is the place we want to be, right? I hope it's the place that you want to be. It's certainly the place that I want to be because I want to produce something good and something fruitful. And I want to do what God's called me to do. And so he tells us here how this happens. So the seed sown on good soil. Again, seed here's the word and it says, you hear the word. So there's step one, hearing the word, which means reading it, hearing it, receiving it, right? It's again, spending time around people, good people to help you and going to church. I'm not saying you have to go to church. I'm not one of those people, but I'm certainly not saying it doesn't help. And you're going to meet some good people there and you're going to have some times where you're going to lean on those people and you're going to need those people. And it's just, it's such a, it's so important to be in community in the word. So I certainly encourage that. So first is hear the word, accept it, believe it, believe what is said, 
have belief. Belief leads to understanding. You don't have to under have understanding to believe. So accept what it says. Just believe it and have faith. Last but not least, and produce a crop. So I think a lot can be done by hearing the word and accepting it. But there is this part here where I think there is an action, a connotation to this. And a lot of the Bible is so action-driven. It's not just, it's doing. It's absolutely doing. And so a farmer has to do something to produce a crop. You as a Christian, if, if you have to produce, to do, to produce a, a fruit, have to do something, right? Because even the one we talked about previously, I think you can hear the word accept it. And struggle a bit still to, to produce because we're letting the thorns get in the way. We're letting the other things get in the way. And so taking that, that intentional action of being in the word, taking action of praying to God, taking action of when God speaks to you through prayer and God speaks to you through people and he gives you clear direction on this is where I'll, I need you to go doing that. Because make no mistake that to produce the fruit, especially the some 30, 60, 100 times what was sown, will require you to do something. Probably require you to do something uncomfortable. Most definitely, actually, it will. And so, again, like if you want to be in that, that category of producing good crop, right? 100 times what was sown. Be in the word. Be around people. Good people. Go to a good church that you love and you can't wait to go to. Accept the word, believe it, trust it with all your heart. Make it your truth. And then produce a good crop. Do something. Take action. Pray. Do something good. Be nice to people. Be kind. Do something brave. Do something courageous and do what God's called you to do. I hope you love this. Um, I hope that you've been able to pick out maybe where you are in this parable and what, what you're doing with your seed, if you will. And if you find yourself in a category where you just, you're done with being in and you want to move to a different category, you know, just think about that. Reach out to me, reach out to someone you trust and, you know, just really pray about it. And I love you guys and I'll be praying for you until next time. Bye. Y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Brazen and Brave. If you feel encouraged, if you feel a little bit more bold than when we started today, then I am so excited for you. I want to encourage you to go out, take action, and to go after your goals. And if you feel empowered, give someone some of your light. Share that love. Share that encouragement. And I hope you have an amazing day. And I will see you next time.